Welcome to the Enterprise Excellence Podcast, where our purpose is to help create a better future. Learn from our world's experts how to improve your organization sustainably. Learn how to achieve and sustain an excellence journey for yourself, others, and the planet. I'm your host, Brad Jennings, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. Welcome to episode 25 of the Enterprise Excellence Podcast. I'm so pleased to have on the show today, Kristen D'Souza. Kristen's passion is partnering with business through major transformation and change. Kristen has dedicated her career to human resources, helping organizations obtain and retain talented employees. Kristen has developed approaches to building networks to achieve excellence in this area. We could say that the world runs by networks now as it always has. Let's get into the episode. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Brad. Kristen, what's, what's your backstory? You know, what significant moments shaped you and brought you into this field of, you know, talent management and also the power of networking? Um, I think if I reflect, I mean, I was a country girl. I grew up in Toowoomba, probably a little bit um, naive to the world, but uh, it's a, and it's a bit cliche to say, you know, my parents very much shaped my desire to, to work in this field. My dad... Um, both very hardworking, middle class. My dad was always doing a contra deal with someone, whether it be to build our fence or to get meat from the butcher or get a good deal on a car. Um, he was he was quite good in in relation to that. So my my um, I guess first uh, experience in relation to to networking was was that watching my dad and what he could do through you know the power of others. Um, and then, you know, on the other side, my mum was, you know, a typical, I guess, 1980s mum. And, you know, she would, she everything, sacrificed everything to make sure uh, her girls and, and husband, you know, had a good life. I mean, I don't think I ever saw her um, spend $1, you know, discretionary to new clothes or whatever. So she just had this uh, huge caring nature of wanting to help others. Um, and I think so, hopefully, I got the best of both of them. And my dad's ability to build a network to try and drive outcomes and, and my mum's, uh, you know, caring nature to help others. And, and I think a natural fit was then to land in, you know, re- recruitment, human resources, where, uh, where the power of a network can really help, you know, both power organisations as well as, you know, people's lives, considering 80% of your life a lot of the time, or pre-COVID anyway, but was spent, was spent in the office with people. Well, so Kristen, your father taught you the power of being connected and networking, but then you had this strong purposeful drive from your mother. Where did that start to come together for you in your career? So you've gone out to that area of human resources and recruitment. Where did it all start together, come together for you and how did that evolve? Yeah, I, I remember my first role because I moved when I was only 17 from Toowoomba to Brisbane. I knew I wanted to get to a bigger city. So I, you know, packed my bags and mum and dad supported me to to come to go to university in Brisbane. Um, and I guess the question was always what do I want to be when I grow up? And I, I must say, I still didn't know when I when I left uni. Uh, but I took on a first job and I was um, I was selling phone systems and I knew that, uh, you know, I enjoyed that sort of commercial side, getting in and understanding a business, but I found, you know, selling a product extremely boring. And so I knew I always wanted to work with people. And so I actually sought out a career in that because, I mean, naturally when I did my research to go, right, what gives me the best of both worlds, um, you know, that was, that was where I landed. And from the day, first day I started, uh, I knew it was where I belonged. Kristen, what... 
and how did it evolve from there? Like it's, it can be a tough industry and I know you found ways to create it and make it really purposeful and high value add. How did it evolve through for you to get to that place? Yeah, I think the first part of working within the industry is you have to have a passion for people. You know, you have to have a passion for for or curiosity and learning and and supporting others. Um, and that was without a doubt something you know that I knew knew existed. So in terms of how it evolved was, you know, purely getting out in market, doing well, thriving off doing well and finding something that I was actually quite good at and then finding the right home at six degrees um, in terms of, you know, caring people around me, like-minded people with similar values, you know, a customer base that had similar values, like all of the pieces just fell together. And I guess that's when then my, my career really launched was, uh, was finding, finding my home at six degrees and, and having those people like Paul Hallam and Susie McInerney and so forth, um, people that really believe in you, um, supporting you along the way. Well, so in Six Degrees, you found a culture that really aligned with your culture. Absolutely. Did, did, it link, did it link back to what you mentioned about your father and your mother, that care for people and that drive and networking side of things? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the business as a whole and, you know, in particular, you know, people like Susie and Paul, the, the curiosity in life is outstanding. You know, it's not about just helping someone find, you know, a career or helping an organisation fix a problem. Um, it's actually getting to know individuals, like who the person is, like what makes them tick as an individual, as a group, as a community, um, and then really trying to support in that sense. So, yeah. Oh, and Kristen, through your time, how did it come about that you saw the power of networking and why networking is so important? Uh, I think I've, I've always understood the power of networking, Brad, because it was so ingrained watching my dad through his life. Uh, and then when I, again, was exposed to people that um, built a, a quality network, it's not just about how many people you know, it's about how many people, and when I say no, phone number, acquaintances, but it's actually like genuinely how many people you know that if you pick up the phone, you know, they they want to speak to you because they know that you'll add value to them um, or that they want to help you because possibly you, you've added value. Um, but definitely year on year, the greater my network grew, the more it dawns on me. It still dawns on me, you know, now, Brad, and I, and I learn a little bit more around how to build a quality network and what works and what doesn't. Um, but the power of, you know, people around you, because um, nothing happens in the world really by a single person. It's always by a group of people. And that can't happen without a network. Mm. And Kristen, what are the key steps, would you say, to going about forming a network and developing that? Uh, two, two key things that I always say to, you know, um, people that, you know, executives that we're dealing with or people in my team um, is the first one is it has to be about, you know, the long game. If you go out to market in whatever field you're in um, or as an individual trying to find friends or whatever it may be, and you're only focused about what you want, then you will fail. So the number one thing has to be it's about a long-term network, you know, not a, not a short-term network. 
So that would be the the first piece of advice. And the other is, you know, it's hard work. It's sometimes, you know, pushing yourself to do things that you might not feel like doing in that moment, but knowing that that's, you know, that's what you need to do to um, to make sure you're holding up your end of the deal in relation to a network. Kristen, so you're saying it's two things. It's one, you know, thinking the long term and being abundant about it, I'm guessing. And then the, the second part is putting in the effort to that network. What? Why is it important that you think the long game? What happens on the reverse when you're looking to build a network if you rush it? Well, I think you end up, Brad, having to continually rebuild a network, you know, like, you, and it comes back to, I use this word, a quality network. So, you know, LinkedIn's a great example. You know, the amount of people that might have thousands of connections on LinkedIn, but, uh, like, you know, I'll, I'll ask someone, oh, you, you know, you know, Sally, um, and they'll go, who? You know, and I'm like, oh, Sally, you're connected with them on LinkedIn. Oh, no idea who that is. Um, you know, that is a superficial network ultimately. Um, but so what, what happens if you do that in life, let's put LinkedIn aside, and, you know, you're just out trying to, like, connect with people briefly. You probably won't remember them. They probably won't remember you, you know, and then, therefore, when it's when it's time that you need to bring a network together to drive an outcome, you know, you don't actually know who to call. So it just becomes, a you know, a, a constant event of you starting to rebuild again. What, what advice would you give someone around that, Kristen, who's going, okay, I want to build a quality network and I want to think about the long, the long game. What are some techniques and thoughts they can have going into that when they're looking to connect with someone? Yeah. One of the things I try to think of it as myself, it's, it's a bit like mindfulness um, if we use a word that's so important these days, in particular in, in relation to mental health, is, you know, you have to constantly remind yourself that it's not just about you. And so, therefore, you know, how can you be curious about others? And if you enter into every conversation you have with a bit of curiosity and a focus on understanding what someone else might need, then that, could, that would be the, the golden tip in terms of, you know, ensuring that you will build a quality network over time. And it does. It takes time, Brad. You don't build a network overnight. And it won't always, every person you meet won't always be successful as becoming part of your network. That's just life. I love that. That's very short and sharp. Be curious about others. Yes. Not yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we all, you know, can have a tendency to do at times. Yeah. But it's, it's so true. And that makes it a longer game, but it makes it a more quality game of building yeah. a network. Kristen, if we go to the other second topic you had of it's hard work, what is that hard work? What would you say that is key to then building that network in relation to fostering it, growing it, making it high quality over time? What, what are some key elements you'd say make up that hard work? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, it's hard work in terms of what I just mentioned before. Not everyone that you meet in life is going to become part of your network. So it's a bit like if you're single, Brad, and I know it's been a while since you've been single, but, you know, you might go out on 10 dates, or I think these days the numbers are probably more like hundreds of dates before you find your person. And, you know, your network is about building out, you know, a diverse group at finding your people um, that, are, that align, small values aligned than, you know, 
same race or gender or age group or, you know, whatever that may be. So I think the hard work comes with, you know, A, the amount of people that you interact with to really, you know, and I'm talking, I, I, it's, it's my craft, right? It's what I do for a living. So, you know, uh, people obviously don't need the size of network that I built over 15 years to, you know, have a, have a good life or to, to feel like they've been successful in relation to that. Um, but definitely in terms of the volume of people and a lot of activity that might sometimes not turn into benefiting or creating that, that network. Um, I think the other thing is it's hard work to constantly think about others, you know, so it's that it's that aspect. And, you know, I think too, mindfulness is hard work and, unless you practice it all the time. So I think it's just that constant practicing in market if that's what you want to achieve. If what you will want to achieve is a quality, sustainable, long-term network, then it takes work. Well, so there's those two key parts, which is be curious about others and put in the effort to, you know, creating and sustaining that that network that you've got. Kristen, what what stops people being more curious and putting effort into building connections and networks and sustaining them? Look, I, I could probably only speak from personal experience, Brad, and don't get me wrong, this is something that is not, um, you know, not, it doesn't necessarily come easy all the time. Um, so I think, you know, when I was younger, one of the things that stopped me from being curious um, was fear, you know, fear of if I'm curious of them and then they become curious of me, am I interesting enough? What value have I got to give? You know, all of the, you know, the self-doubt, will someone reject me? You know, will I ask a stupid question? You know, there's there's... So fear, I think, is is one of the biggest um, inhibitors. I think the other aspect, Brad, is just time. Everyone, I think, as the world evolves, and personally, I think COVID's been amazing in one aspect, and that is just it's given us back some time and hopefully some perspective. However, everyone is so busy, and so finding the time to actually be mindful enough to think about it, you know, when someone might reach out to you, um, at that point in time, or you might, you know, need to build a um, build an app or help a friend or whatever it may be. It's it's just time as well. Yeah, Kristen, I grew up in the country also, and I know there's two sides of the country. There's one side that everyone you meet, you're always going to go, "Isn't it a lovely day?" or "Hasn't the weather been terrible?" You, you start talking, or "How's the family?" You know, there's that yeah. care for the other person. But there's also potentially a shyness that can come from it. How, did, how was your experience in growing up in the country with those two things? Yeah, I think uh, spot on, Brad. Uh, everyone is is so friendly. However, I think as well, like, you know, it's the big smoke, the big city, what happens outside of your small country town, all of this terminology that, uh, that gets thrown at you. And as I said in the beginning, it's the naivety, it's the... You don't know what you don't know. And luckily, growing up in the country, we were protected from a lot. I think you would probably probably agree. Um, that naivety can serve you really well in life. Um, but also, as you get exposed into the corporate world or, you know, bigger cities, it, it absolutely creates a shyness because it can be very overwhelming and there's lots of things you haven't experienced. 
Kristen, can you remember how you went about overcoming that? Like you're an extremely professional, high, very good networker nowadays. You've got a great network. Can you remember how you originally overcame maybe some of that original shyness and feelings to really start going down this path? Absolutely. And I can tell you the exact moment, Brad. I, uh, I'd started at six degrees. I was working in, you know, recruitment. I was 25 or 26. Um, thought I knew a lot more than I did, uh, you know, and I was, we were at an event um, and I met a particular lady from an organisation called Treasury Wine. Um, and then I, like about 12 months later, um, you know, I, I met her again and I'd said, um, hi, you know, I met you at, you know, um, this this event and she was like no recollection whatsoever she ended up becoming my coach and she had said to me you know your confidence is the first thing we need to work on when you walk into a room in a, in the right way you know you need to hold yourself and communicate in a way that people will remember you and it was from then that then she worked with me over a number of years that yeah I um I helped overcome. So I think the message in relation to that, if I was to give anyone advice, is seek help, you know, uh, get a mentor, get a coach um, and practice as well because it doesn't just change overnight. I still get shy when I walk into rooms sometimes. Yeah. Where, where are some of the best forums that you think people can practice, Kristen? What would you say is the best place to put yourself out there and practice if you did have a mentor and you're looking to really improve your networking capability? Anywhere, Brad, and I know that sounds a bit broad, but, you know, at the at your friend's barbecue, you know, is there everyone goes, it's a bit like a wedding, everyone sits on the same table, you know, get up, walk to a table, like make it a mandate that every time you go to a party, a function, meet one person you don't know, you know, because it's sitting on a plane next to someone, you know, some people will want to talk to you, some people won't. So you've got to use your EQ there, you know, try and strike up a bit of a conversation. Um, if people shut you down, fine, don't be annoying. But, you know, everywhere, Brad, is, is there are people that you don't know and you don't know what you don't know. Um, some of the most interesting people I've met have been so random and it's just been because, you know, you've, you've had the courage to ask a question or say hi, you know. Yeah. And if you are curious about someone else, they will likely talk to you, you know. So if you walk up to someone at a barbecue, oh, I see, I see you here, you know, I'm going to use Sally again. It's going to be my my name I use today, Brad. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I see, oh, you know, Sally, like, oh, you know, what do you do? Or, you know, kids or where did you grow up? Or, you know, whatever questions might, might come into play. Um, but one person, wherever you go, challenge yourself. I can relate to that, Kristen, and some of our listeners may cringe with me saying this, but I had, I've always had a mandate that when I sit on a plane, I'm at least going to say hello and acknowledge and ask a question about each person in the three seats that I'm in, you know, the two people either beside me or across. And it's amazing the conversations I've had, but also the network that I've built through that. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting uh, where you meet like people that you just don't even expect that you would meet in particular places. Um, grocery line, you know, out at dinner, the table sitting next to you. Again, I'm not recommending that everywhere you go, you try and talk to the person next to you. But um, but it's it's pretty remarkable how your world will open up 
if you could do if you could do 12 of those a year you know um and one of those person uh, one of those people sorry then um became someone that you knew and you know that you helped each other or supported each other through life um you know how much better would your life be it's amazing isn't it Kristen? like we we live in this world now with social media where you can connect to so many people but when i reflect the ones that I'm connected with and do business with and link with so much are the ones that I've got a deeper relationship with. At some stage, it's gone further than just a connection on LinkedIn or something through Facebook or Instagram or whatever it might be. What is it that makes you think that's so important? Why is it so important that your network goes a bit deeper than just a social media connection? Yeah. If I think back to you know, the 90s when I was growing up with my dad and watching him do what he's what he, you know, used to do, there was only a phone, a fax machine. You know, I think emails were out then, um, but there was no, you know, um, not, not, not in his generation, right? There was no Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, I think uh, there's a, an amazing, digital plays an amazing part in, you know, driving convenience in our world and access to information, but it also has overwhelmed, you know, that that network piece. So I can easily connect and that word connect, like what does connect mean? Like your, your friends on Facebook, yet, you know, you find out about someone getting engaged through Facebook. Like that's a bit, they're probably not your, your really great friends or connections. So I think it's the overwhelming world that is out there in relation to LinkedIn, Facebook, that that then makes that deeper connection to go, well, I'm already time poor. So who am I really going to help when they need it? And they're likely going to be the people that A, I understand how I can help them. And B, I understand who they are. And I want to sacrifice my time, which is pretty precious, to then go and actually contribute to their to their life. So I think that's why, you know, and also the understanding now of, you know, people, the mindfulness, the feel good, it's, it's now you realise helping others makes you feel good, you know. So I guess it's almost selfish when you help others to some degree because you're getting something out of it. It releases chemicals when you smile at someone, when you laugh with someone, you know, all of these aspects build on why now um, where you're really going to draw the most from your network is from the deeper connections. Yeah, too true, too true. Kristen, with your background in um, talent management and the work you're now doing in networking, what are you focused on for the future? Where are things going for you now? Yeah, again, I ask myself every year, what do I want to do when I grow up? Um, I love the industry that I'm in. I love what I do. I love the people I get to work with, not just inside, you know, an organisation, but, you know, um, the, the entire network and all, all aspects of it. So I, I don't foresee myself necessarily moving too far away from it. Um, I definitely want to do more to help. Um, in particular, this year has been really profound. The recruitment industry as a whole is exposed very closely. I mean, job market and all of that. So seeing people in general, struggle through this year. Um, first of all, realising how lucky a lot of people are, but, you know, um, the impact on mental health this year. So we've really, 
you know, to, to talk about network, um, you know, we've done a, a pretty remarkable thing this year in bringing five people together to build, you know, a platform that we'll be launching next year called Mind Over, really focused on Mind Over Matter to help give access to people on all of the key ingredients that um, that help improve mental health in little bite-sized convenient aspects. So, I mean, it, it might go nowhere, Brad, but hopefully even if we can, you know, help, you know, a thousand people, that'll that'll be success. So there'll be an aspect of continuing to try and drive supporting and helping people in a slightly different way, obviously continuing to help organisations and people in terms of talent and, and career will, will definitely be part of my future, um, but definitely wanting to expand that or, or focusing on expanding that into really helping improve people's quality of life as well in a really achievable way, not in a, not in a super complex way. Yeah, so in your, your industry, you're, you're seeing a lot of people who are sort of suffering and concerned about the future. And so you're building this new approach to enable people to help with mindfulness and help them you know, with mental health and to get through this time. Absolutely. And, and to connect on the topic, you know, to, to form a deeper connection via digital, but not just a, you know, friend and posting pictures, but how you connect and then actually do activities with other people um, in relation to that. Because there's a lot of people isolated at the moment. There's a lot of people that might be in a friendship group and, you know, they've all still got jobs but one person doesn't. And then, you know, how do you then build this network that people can have access to, to, um, you know, to, to, yeah, to help keep their life on track or to help um, improve the quality of their life? Well, so you're taking the best of so uh, digital technology-based platform but bringing in the other humanistic elements that we've spoken about so far. Yeah. We're going to try. Sounds Can't say like I've a- done it yet, Brad. Well, I haven't seen anyone do it yet. So if you can do it, that'd be amazing. Yeah, it, it would. Like, I mean, I think it would be one of the things I'd be most proud of if we can, if we can try and even get it, you know, 70% there, um, that it, that'd be a good thing, I think. Yeah, it's brilliant. Kristen, how can people keep track of that? How, how would you say if people have gone, right, okay, yep, I want to build my network, I'm concerned about my position, I want it, I need... I want to work more on mental health. How can they keep track and stay connected with you and the team through this time leading up to development and launch? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, we'll maybe what we could commit to you, Brad, is coming back to you when we, when we do launch it, you know, we're in, we're in very basic MVP right now about to go live with our network at the moment, like our friends, family, you know, um, deeper connections and trial it and make sure it's good and then and launch will be January. So I think if we commit to, to keeping you up to date um, with the launch and then um, you, can, you can share it with your, with your listeners if at an appropriate time. Um, albeit I've probably, and I, by the way, none of today was meant to, um, LinkedIn is an amazing tool in particularly when you are trying to, to find talent. So um, it's not to say LinkedIn isn't a great networking tool. It is. It's just probably the first part of it. Um, but you can, you know, keep keep track on um, and connect with me on LinkedIn because I, I will um, update over over the course of the next three to six months in relation to it there as well. Would That's be my, great. my suggestion. Thanks, Kristen. That'll be definitely. We'll we'll release the note to the audience once it's out. That'd be great. 
especially in this time, it's certainly going to be a powerful platform. Kristen, what, on a final note, what is something that you've learned recently that you didn't know before? What's a recent insight you've had? So, again, you have these moments in life where you think you know and then you realise how much you don't know. Um, and I had one of those moments last year um, and there was a gentleman by the name of John Burgess um, who I met with and he has spent the last 20 years uh, investing in understanding advocacy better. So we talk about networking and deep networks, but true advocacy is, I guess, that next level where, you know, you people, let's call them people within your network, thinking about you but might not have seen you for 12 months. And so that only comes with perfecting that art of really focusing on how you can help others. When you help others without anything in it for yourself, you you naturally create advocates. When they know that, like, you know, Kristen or John or Brad, you know, added value to me, to my life, and I got, they got nothing out of it, they are going to go out and talk about you endless. An advocate is someone who talks about you out in market and you might not have heard from them for 12 or 18 months. So it was a really profound moment to go, well, there's a next layer. Like you sort of start to do something and you do it for long enough, you think you're doing it really well. And in actual fact, I realised there's another layer, which is exciting because then it's more growth and, you know, um, something else that that you can strive for and achieve. Um, And so it's a bit like mind over and where it came from is we're really trying now to how we go and create advocates through giving back to the community and to the, you know, to the, to our network. That's, that's powerful. It's certainly going to help create a better future, Kristen. If we can all work to be curious about others, work hard at our network, but look to help others in an abundant way, everyone wins in the long run, doesn't, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Spot on. We'll, we'll create in the world a lot more of what you and I were used to growing up in Toowoomba and Glasshouse, respectively. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a great childhood, I must say. I, uh, if, I had, if I could talk to my younger self, I would say, don't be so eager to leave. Yeah, same. When, when times get tough and there's a lot of pressure on, I still remember back on the farm with listening to music and planting plants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Riding horses and and building, you know, cubby houses out of sticks and and leaves. It was it was a great childhood. Yeah, it was. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for everything you're doing and everything you're going to continue to do going forward to help us create a better future. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Brad. You too. Humans have grown thanks to connecting with others biologically and socially across eternity of the life on the planet. Let's do more than social media connection and go deeper and connect with people we don't know and build a better life. My key takeaways from this episode are care about others, work hard for your network, find a coach or mentor if needed. Caring for others is a mindset that forces us out of our bubble. This allows us to connect with others more effectively. Being curious about another person, entering a conversation positively by asking questions about the other person. Listening and responding to their needs and showing how you can help them. Real connection comes when they respond and we can paraphrase what we heard them say and understand they felt, showing we are listening and care. 
Working hard for your network means structuring your time effectively, ensuring you have set aside time to communicate with others, make a phone call or set a meeting, taking a moment when someone does connect spontaneously and striking up a conversation with them. Look at the value you can bring to someone, whether listening, sharing knowledge or a laugh. Take an abundant approach and be present. The final takeaway for me was to find a coach or mentor to help you develop your confidence with networking if this is an area you're looking to improve. Kristen mentioned the mentor who helped her develop networking skills early on in her career. A mentor or coach can help us bridge the knowing-doing gap. It is one thing to know something, listen to a podcast, read a book or watch a video. It is another to put it into practice and develop new habits and skills. A good coach or mentor is like a personal trainer for fitness. They help keep you focused on your goal, take small steps towards it, and get through the tough times without giving up. Thanks again, Kristen, for your knowledge. Bye for now.